0: At the s and This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money. The podcast is just a little miffed that we didn't get a thirty-nine billion dollar takeover offer. I'm Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool, and I'm joined by Andrew Page from Strawman. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Yeah, thirty-nine billion would not go astray. It'd be nice walking around money, wouldn't it? You're not being offered that for Strawman yet. Is that, that next week? No. <laughs> Not quite yet, no. <laughs> now, no. You, you mentioned Stormman Premium last week. I know by now it's been launched. By all reports, yep. your members are pretty happy with it. Yeah, pretty happy. So um,
1: we are a pretty a private little club at this stage, so close to 600 members. And um, yeah, just really, really blown away with the results. So we're, um, we're pretty keen to hit the ground running and... Turn over a few rocks and see what what uh, opportunities we can find. I guess.
0: Congratulations, mate. Well, well deserved. I could, mate. I am the happiest bloke in the world for you right now, other than you and maybe your your darling wife. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm stoked for you, mate. Really. You know what, fools one of the one of the good guys uh, and, and doing well. So yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of bad people that can do well in life. Uh, Andrew's one of the good ones. So mate, congratulations and very very well done. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. All right, now let's move on past the self-aggrandizing, although I'm also very funny, humorous, intelligent, good-looking. Um, of course, I meant to say that. Yeah. <laughs> mate, I forgot to say it myself. <laughs> you're letting the side down. Um, let's let's get. Mate, it was so such a big week this week, such a big week in like a trillion different ways. We'll try and mm. jam pack it all into a single podcast episode. We won't go for two hours, I promise. Um, this was a famous last <laughs> words, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and another thing, um, that's your you're my catchphrase. When, when we're when we're buried, our, our epitaph individually, but but also uh, together, we will be. And another thing, um, the uh, <laughs> so mate, lockdowns in Queensland. Um, Sydney case is not getting any better. We got a donut day on Wednesday in Victoria, unfortunately six cases today. Um, So that's that. Uh, Then we had the RBA this week on Tuesday out holding rates, but also, and this is, mate, I'm an optimist and you know I'll go for any glimmer of light I can possibly find. They kept rates on hold, no surprise. They're actually going to continue the tapering of their bond buying program. And, mm. and I thought that was really fascinating. The RBA is pretty much, you know, for all of the funding in the past, they, they've changed their policy to say, look, we're not going to raise rates until we absolutely know for sure that inflation mm. is back, which is fine. I think mm. that's going to be wrong in the fullness of time, but that's a whole different conversation. This time, though, they're, they're kind of they're doing the old style and saying, well... We actually expect things to bounce back really fast, and so so we see no reason to change our settings because yeah, lockdowns suck. Yeah, it's going to hurt the economy. Yeah, GDP is going to be negative for the current quarter, and I say those and kind of gloss over them as nothing, uh, but they're big deals. But they're basically saying, look. We saw the economy bounce back really fast. We think it'll happen again, so we're not going to change anything. And I, I don't know. As I'm looking, I'm actively looking for for reasons for optimism right now, and that was that was one that I thought was interesting out of that out of that statement. Then yesterday, so we're doing this on Thursday morning. The what is it the 5th of August, uh, yesterday morning, retail sales and new car sales were out. And again, one of those weird sets of data where month on month, retail sales were down. Year on year, they were up. So you've got to try and triangulate like that. And then new car sales were actually up 16%. And in New yeah. South Wales, they were still down minus 2%. But minus two in a lockdown month is also not bad. So Mate, so much data. We're not going to even touch the afterpay news, which we'll get to in a minute. We'll just keep it macro for a second. I'm not, I just, i I'll just ask outright, mate, with all that phalanx of information, data, everything else going on, anything you kind of make of the last week of macro, anything kind of you've taken out of it, any observations or insights? Oh, gosh. Uh, no, you know what? Not... Not really.
1: Only other than you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. No, yeah, you know, right. yep. in a lot of ways, it's it's always it's always um, a moving feast, yep. um, and it's always something that you can squint at through an optimistic or mm, pessimistic mm, sort mm. of sort of lens. Yep. And you know, you 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 take what you want from the buffet to just preconceptions. Fill your pre preconceived plate uh, for for what narrative feel, you want to sort of. I feel seen,
0: Andrew. I feel seen.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, mate, no, I'll, I'll turn it around. I'll ask you. What, 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 what do you? What? What do you
0: take nice, from it? Nice, nice. Um, oh. So, I, I, always preface these answers with, "I'm an optimist," right? And so, I'm, I am. I said to you before. I've said to our members before. I'm pretty sure I've said to our listeners before. I will be optimistic right up until the day before the recession. Right Or the day of the recession. Actually, through the recession, I'll be optimistic, things are going to recover. And I think that's actually borne out by history, right? And, and by the likely kind of movements of the stock market. And when I'm optimistic, I don't mean I think the market will go up today or I think it's going up this month or this year, just that I think investing is smart almost always. There's been very, very, very few times when sensible investing has been a dumb idea. Stupid investing is always stupid, right? So, dot com, 99, you know, people got stupid. I'm not saying any company at any point, at any price, is, is smart. But I think if you're, if you're sensible, thoughtful, Optimism is the right approach in, in life and in investing. So there's that. Um, I <laughs> I'm hearing your voice in my head saying, I get political, but um, the lockdown <laughs> in New South Wales has been a debacle, has been stupidly mismanaged from the start. Um, I have people on Twitter who are still trying to tell me that somehow it was unknowable and accidental and who could have known and who could have thought. And... I, I, I just, you know what, I'm trying to be an open-minded guy. I just can't see how. Um, we had the Victorian example, the Queensland example, even the New South Wales Northern Beaches example of the value of hard, fast lockdowns that shut stuff down. Um, just too many cases. And, and I think, you know, trying to avoid a short lockdown, they've created a, what's probably a two or three-month long one. Whether we get out of this before vaccines actually get to herd immunity levels an open question. It may well be that the vaccines beat the lockdown um, in terms of getting, rid of getting rid of COVID. I say all of that to say that I'm optimistic but i'm not blind to the possibility we actually have another recession on our hands the current quarter will be negative gdp growth we know that everyone expects that that's what we'll say we know that we don't know for sure but you know you're a brave person yeah it's almost certain next one worries me mate because again it's got to be year on year growth and if you think about you know we'll go into probably the new month Hopefully we bounce back in October. Hopefully we get out, back out to the stores and back out to the shops and back out to the cafes and restaurants. And hopefully there is that RBA expected bounce. So maybe I'm, mm. I'm not I'm not I'm mm. pessimistic. I'm still hopeful and optimistic. But I, I just the more this drags on, mate, the more it worries me. Just from an economic level, from an investing level, mm. you've said before, I've said before. Does it worry me much? Not really. Um, uh, I mean, there's kind of macro settings that will change as a result that do change valuations, um, other things going on. But look, at, yeah, it's it's hard. New car sales, I think. That's the that's the one I'm really actually clinging to. The people are still making large Mm. ticket purchases because I think people believe we get through this, and that's confidence is all that matters in the economy moving forward. If I think it's going to be terrible, I stop spending, I create that outcome. If I think it's going to be fine, I keep spending and I create that outcome. Uh, When I say I, I mean you know I I as in every Australian consumer written you know put together. Mm. So I'm kind of hopeful that whatever those big ticket purchases stay strong, it it suggests an underlying confidence level. So that's that's my hope, mate. Um, What does it mean for investing? 'm I'm, I'm still a little bit mindful of the impact of businesses that are benefited benefited or, or hurt by lockdown and so mm. if we think about earnings season I'll ask about earnings season later but earnings season right now you know how much of a how much of that can you take for granted as, as ongoing underlying earnings power and so it's not really it's not really a worry or a or a you know a, a, a positive view it's just a, it's just a reminder to myself and to our listeners, when you look at earnings in August, when you look at company outlooks from August forward, just be careful of those businesses that are doing really, really well because of the one-off impacts of lockdown. And also be aware, be aware that some business will look terrible because of the one-off effects of lockdown. And I think for me, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do too much of an earnings season wrap because we'll do that in a minute, but we'll, yeah, earnings season look ahead anyway. Um, but that that's, you know, I'm just... I. <laughs> As an investor, I'm just ever mindful that there are some things that aren't normal and trying to normalise for that abnormal stuff is important, at least in terms of yeah. working out the price to pay and the businesses to buy.
1: Yeah, 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 it's tricky. I, one thing I would say with uh, – we saw this um, – we are talking about uh, Sydney airports yesterday. Yeah. And that's classic, you know, one of the ones that's obviously very directly hit by COVID. Right very materially. So their international travel numbers are still down ninety-eight percent from <laughs> yeah. a year ago. Yeah. And the last traffic numbers they they published were before the current sort of New South Wales lockdowns mm. and the rest. The mm. And even they were still down like massively as mm-hmm. well. But a lot of people are approaching it with a very sensible long-term mindset saying, mm. well, it's actually probably one of the highest quality infrastructure assets in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. Um, it's got, you know, one of the strongest moats you could have out there. No one's going to put an airport, you know, anywhere as close to Sydney as, as they've got it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Great, great assets. So, they're, so they're making a bet that although things are tough, it, it, this too shall pass and it will be yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, so, I think all that's sensible. But one thing I think is interesting, and sort of Delta has sort of shown us this, is that um, any, I don't think we ever get back to normal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. as to what we, as we understood it pre COVID. Yeah. I think we will just learn to sort of live with this kind of thing, and it will be, it will actually take a, a a while to get back to fully normal, yeah. So, I just hope that I just hope that people like yourself. I think we need to be long term optimists because otherwise, it's kind of back to you know, cro- uh, yeah, right. back to bows and arrows like and living in, in caves, yeah, and, yeah, 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 like sticking to the shadows while you while you cross the wastelands and yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. um, thanks for that dose uh,
0: uh, of this morning, man. I appreciate it, yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs>
1: You know, I, I I do I do think that it, it is it is particularly for some of these things, and particularly for mm. sectors that rely on a lot of international tourism, mm. it, it is it is going to be a longer path than um, perhaps. Mm was initially thought and i just hope that people factor that into some degree that it's not like one one year from now boom it's exactly as it was in 2019 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. i think i think it's more likely longer than that and more difficult doesn't mean there's not great value to be had but the other side of it too is is that if that is your view and it is a reasonable view it's not something that you because people buy for one reason and then they start making decisions for all kinds of different reasons once mm-hmm. after the fact mm-hmm. so i think if you if you're going in with that sort of sensible mindset which is great mm-hmm. just just be prepared that it's going to feel like a long Couple of years yeah. as you wait that out, and it's going to be volatile and scary, and you're going yep. to be yep. full of doubt. De- the demons are going to come at night, and you know, <laughs> keep, keep you awake, you know, whispering in your ear, all kinds of negative things. So it's just just be prepared for that journey, I suppose.
0: Mate, that's right. You know, and I, so maybe maybe if I keep kind of on that path, because you you raise a really good point. I think, you know, I I kind of try and wear two hats all the time when it comes to this sort of stuff. On one hand. I wear the hat of the opportunistic investor who says, you know what, when we get volatility, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, those are great opportunities, right? If I get offered a stupid amount of money for my shares, I'll happily sell. If I get offered a stupidly low price for a company I like, I'll happily buy. Um, I am absolutely taking advantage of other people's freaking out. So as an opportunistic investor, I'm like, you know, I'll bring it on. On the other hand, I know that on behalf of our members, our listeners, the general public, people like, frankly, my mum and other people who are like, what the hell is going on? This is too scary. I want out. And so you kind of got—I've got both those kind of hats at the same time. I got those sides of my brain trying to talk at the same time—the angel and the devil on the shoulder, um, mm. whatever metaphor you come up with—that's three. I'm sure you can come up with a couple more. Um, the uh, you know, but that that reality of exactly that, as you say, mate. Like, no, this will be volatile. Um, I, Nick Scali was out this morning. Apparently, one of the guys mentioned this morning, profit up 100%. Now, mm. the open question for Nick Scali shareholders would be shareholders is, can this really continue post-COVID? Question mark. Maybe it can. Maybe it can't. If it mm. can or can't. How do the shares look relative to what the normal earnings might look like in the future? I.e., if if say if if profits go back to normal levels, they're going to halve from this point. Now, maybe they don't. Maybe they maybe they may they stay this high, or maybe they go further down because people have pulled forward two, three, four years worth of lounge purchases. Um, and so, if you think about Nick Scala, if you're a shareholder or a potential shareholder, you can't fault the performance, but you don't just invest in the business profit. You invest in the business's share price, right? And while we would normally say share price follows profit, and it does, if the profit falls, because these are unusually good times and I don't see how they're not, you just want to make sure you're paying the right price. I think we're used to talking about that sort of stuff with, with commodities, for example, when the oil price is stupidly high and they're stupidly low and we know share price gets whipped around. You got to look through that and say, what is the long-term price likely to be? And often the answer is, I don't know, so I'm going to avoid it. We're not exactly working with a commodity here, but if you think about the Nick Scarlies of the world and plenty of others besides, you got to ask yourself over the next five, seven, 10 years, what is the level of profitability likely to be and how much am I paying for that level of profit? And is today's price decent? And I don't really have an honest view, yeah. mate. I don't know Nick Scully that well to have an honest view. But, I, but I, would, I would be a little bit scared right now, as you say. Sydney Airport, is it going to be that bad forever? No. Nick Scully, is going to be this good forever? I don't know, maybe. But, but I can't imagine that you know the, our, our, our rate of lounge buying, sofa buying, continues at this pace forever. Yeah, you got you've gotta try and attempt
1: to normalise things. Although oh you are you are tempting me down a rabbit hole, (laughs) Mr. Phillips. Go on, take it, take it. Because Chase the Rabbit Nick. Nick Nick Scarley is one of those companies that, at a high level, it's like, uh, "What do they? Got? What do they do? Uh furniture yeah, retailing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ho-, ho hum. Um, it is, it is one of the best managed retailers right. uh, uh, out there. Right. It, it has delivered incredible returns. Mm-hmm. It's, like, over the last ten years, it's gone up six x, even before you factor in dividends." Yeah, yeah. Dividends in 2012 are eight cents a share. I'm just looking at it now. Now $0. forty-eight cents a share. It's remarkable. Um, the per-share earnings have, have gone up seven times. So it's not a yep. question of multiple expansion. Yeah,
0: here. yeah. Totally. This is totally. this has been yep. driven yep. by a
1: fundamental, you know. And it's just, it, they get ret- for for those that don't know, return on equity is a measure of profitability. How much mm. profit mm. do you make relative to the net assets of the business? Mm. That that has con- like a massive spike in 2020, but that has consistently sat around f- uh, over. Forty right mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. and their shares their shares out. This is another other. There's, there's so many case studies with Nick Scarly. Yep. The shares outstanding have been flat, dead flat at yeah. exactly 81 million for cool? as long as my data goes back. Yeah, now, yeah. That, it, that that might not seem that unusual, but trust <laughs> me, it is. It really is. When you look yeah. at almost every other company, yep. the number yep. of shares on issue just go up every year. Whether it's just because of some employee shares or some bonus yeah. shares, so yeah. sometimes it's not dramatic, but often you see capital raisings and mergers and acquisitions. Mm-hmm. all kinds Mm -hmm. of things. To be dead flat over that, they have not taken a single cent out of shareholders' pockets. They haven't issued themselves more shares. So it's just... it's So, okay. But but back to you. So I I think it's an incredible company.
0: On on the shares Um, thing, though, I will say very quickly, part of it is actually the fact that it's a a founder-owner, family-managed business. They're actually managing it as if they own the business because they do. And that's not always the case. There are some great professional managers out there. There are some crappy professional managers out there and there are some boards that have... Wonderful and and not so wonderful shareholder friendliness. Um, so I just I just mentioned that the part of the part of the success of those shares outstanding not increasing are the family going no no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give, give extra shares away. This is this is hurting us as shareholders and yep. and it's hurting our fellow shareholders. So we're not gonna do it. Anyway, keep going, mate.
1: So the only other point I was just I was just going to circle back on your point hmm. here is sort of like um, you've you've got to you've got to probably look at uh, last year and maybe a bit of this year is yeah. a lot of pulled forward earnings. So here's a bit of a potential trap for, for young players is that so a, a very value oriented investor might go I totally hear what you're saying, Scott, but I'm hmm. looking at this company and the PE is 16. Yeah, right. So this is a <laughs> this is a company whose yep. whose earnings have grown like the clappers. Yep. All of the things I just sort of said, and you've got other companies that that mm-hmm. are growing at rates. It's not as good as that. We're on multiples of 25, 30 more. Um, so you might say, I hear what you're saying, but it's kind of true. Now, the thing is with with price earnings ratios mm. is that they can normalize because the price comes um, back down mm. or because the earnings change as well. So mm. if you have had a bit of a spike in earnings and next year it sort of drops back a little bit from, from, from that peak mm. – that 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 also is going to uh, lift the PE. So it might be a case of a low PE on cyclically high earnings, if mm-hmm. I'm making any sense there. So again, that's just right, to your right. point, normalize. Sort of try and try and don't. I I really think you don't need to be too. Try not to be too clever here and forecast, mm-hmm. what, 2021 and yeah, 2022. That's, right. and yeah, that's really hard to do. But just basically say, look, I'll take 2019 as a bit of a base. Mm-hmm. Probably not unreasonable to expect that they can get up a single-digit kind yeah. of growth from there. It's yeah. a very conservative assumption. Hopefully, you're wrong. It ends up being more than that. Yeah, that's right. But you, you're not going to be upset if you are, right, in that instance. Yeah. Um, you are going to be upset if you're assuming 40% compound growth forever and yeah. it doesn't, doesn't achieve it. So, yeah, push it forward from there. Make a judgment on
0: that. But, uh,
1: yeah, what, what
0: a great company. Totally, totally. And, that, and that's what I meant about you're investing in the company's profits, but you're also investing at the prevailing share price. And so, yes, if Nick Scarley yes. goes on, you know, I'm going I'm I'm to assume here they can't keep growing profits at the same rate. I would wouldn't be surprised with all of these COVID exposed businesses if they actually have a year of declining profits, which is completely normal and natural, and doesn't actually speak for the business's lack of ability. It would just be the simple reality of consumers, you know, basically stampeded through the doors. And you kind of go well. I okay, will take it. A bit like, a bit like so. I, you may have a different view on this, mate. I'm, I'm speaking rabbit holes. Um, Blackmore's, for all of its for all of its sins and otherwise, um, they took advantage of the Daigu trade when it was in Australia, and then they yep. and then the digu trade went away and profits fell. Now this is this is exactly the Nick the example. At two hundred twenty bucks, the market assumed that those Dagu stocks were going to go forever and going to keep growing. Yeah, they didn't. And, and so, you know, were Blackmore's wrong to take advantage of those sales? Of course not. They are, you know, probably legally, morally obliged to make a sale when you can make a sale when it doesn't hurt the long-term value of the business. And selling just a couple of bottles of vitamins doesn't, hurt, doesn't harm the long-term value of the business, particularly when it's to, you know, international customers who otherwise wouldn't have been there. So should they have taken the sales? Yes. Should they have banked the profit? Mm. Absolutely. Should mm. investors have kind of gone, maybe that won't go on forever? Yeah, probably. Mm. Now... Mm. Again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but if Nick Scarly ends up with a Blackmore-style result, does that mean Nick Scarly will have done badly as a business? No. They just took the sales when they can get them. But if the share price then falls, it's equally not the company's fault because we bid the price up as if it's going to go on forever. And I think that, for me, is the watch out. Now, it may not happen. There's, maybe Nick Scarly finds a new base. Maybe they buy some businesses. Maybe they've discovered some efficiencies. Maybe the volume's done wonderful things for them. I'm not predicting and don't hear me at all say so Nick Scarley's going to... either profits or share price necessarily going to decline? But if and when it does, they'll be like, well, okay, we should have expected that. Who who, who really bought Nick Scarley expecting that, that COVID-level profitability could be maintained and the growth could be maintained from that point? And if the answer is probably mm. should be nobody. So if it falls, don't be surprised. And again, if you're thinking about your shares and, and what you're buying and selling, just be careful with that as well.
1: Yep, yep. I think the other classic example there is the miners, like when commodity prices are super high, people. Again, <laughs> we just we, we all extrapolate. Yeah, right? We've talked absolutely. It, it's the other classic example, yep, and then yep. and on the downside too, when when prices there normalized, people extrapolate for four. You've just got to take a more nuanced, yep. sensible view where you just sort of look through look through all of that noise. So, mm. so again, when we're talking about our earnings season on on Ausbiz, uh this week, we're mm. talking about GUD whose profits Don't steal were up my bro, earnings because season
0: it, tips. But keep going.
1: Oh, just up a gazillion percent. I was like, "Yeah, but they're still down on 2019. In fact, they're below where they were in 20." You've got a yep. year-on-year comparisons can be can be very misleading. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just looking, in fact, at, at, at the the analyst forecast for Nick Scali. So they're actually calling for close to a dollar per share earnings this mm-hmm. year, uh, which would be great, you know, up massively from last year. But then 2022, it's back at 77 cents. So yeah. it's, so in 2022, assuming the analysts are right here, and and that's probably not a good assumption to make. But assuming <laughs> they are, um, you know, we, we're going to see a 33 percent. Fall in profit, mm-hmm. and there'll be people. They're going, oh, geez, next golly down you're three percent at something. You know, mm-hmm. Well, is it? I don't know. Let's 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 smooth it out a little bit and take a more a more sensible approach. So,
0: I, anyway, I think we've we've flogged that horse well and truly to death.
1: Mm-hmm. But shall
0: we? Shall we talk? Shall we talk after pay? Well, we've kind of buried the lead for long enough, mate. We've made our listeners wait long enough. or we indulged ourselves in a bit of uh, in a bit of economic macro stuff, uh, but hopefully a useful conversation. We will get back to earnings season in a second, but let's talk about after pay. Um, Thirty-nine billion dollars. Am I right, mate? I saw a headline during the week, and I—I I haven't done my research. I saw it called the largest corporate deal in ASX history. Is that your understanding as well?
1: Well, I look again. I haven't haven't gone through the records to verify that, but that's what that's what the press cool. is okay, saying. Okay, so I, I just want to make sure it, it, to I think it makes that sense. Anymore. Okay, good. Well, it's 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 a record in two 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 regards. Mm-hmm. So one in terms of the sheer dollar value. Thirty-nine yes. billion of them. Yes. That is, by the way, this Afterpay was $125 million small cap stock six, <laughs> five, six years
0: ago. Yeah. So. Hey, mate, just quietly. It's up 16 it's up fold since March of 2020. Don't worry, about, don't worry about five, six years ago. You made 15 times your money if you bought eight bucks in March. To ma- yeah, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing so crazy
1: so that's 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 one thing yep. the other thing is it's also a record in terms of the we we're talking about multiples yeah. before so yeah. we <laughs> P, uh, afterpay doesn't oh, have man. a price earnings ratio right <laughs> because it
0: Thirty-nine it have billion dollars for a business not making profit. Let that sink in while Andrew keeps talking. Doesn't
1: it, does it make profit. So what you do in that situation? or What you can do in that situation is you can actually use a multiple find of sales. Find something, right? Yeah, and you can sort. Of, just, you need something to sort of standardize it too, just to put it in context. And and on that on that measure, afterpay's takeover offer was at forty-two times sales. Now that is yeah. pri- prior. I mean. It's, it almost doesn't sound that unusual these days, but like 10 years ago, if there was a company trading at five times sales, it was considered pretty pretty lofty, right? So, and, and you might even look at a $100 million company, which is much, much smaller and say, well, that's a very high multiple, but it's growing incredibly fast. And in fact, you might actually be justified in, in making that argument. Mm, and, mm. and you might be, and I'm not trying to suggest it's not with Afterpay <laughs> as well, but it is, it is noteworthy that mm. a company of that size mm. 39 billion dollars worth mm. trading at a 42 times multiple it's two incredible records there so mm. well well done to shareholders who who <laughs> held on for for the ride is all i can say i wish i wish i was amongst you i as i always said on the podcast before i was making the case at the start of the year that shares were, were overpriced yeah. in fact even before that um egg consider egg on my face because i was clearly wrong or not Oh, okay, Let's, I'm, I'm so, happy to let you well, ex- explain why so I wasn't. So I'm
0: not, I'm not saying you are wrong. I just, I, you know, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking going on this week. of why mm. these people were so smart and so clever. And I, I, I will mention two, um, two, two deals. The first was Google bought YouTube for I want to say one and a half billion dollars, and it was the largest deal at the time, right? Which again, think about that in the context of thirty nine dollars for after pay, thirty nine billion dollars. Um, so there's that, but it went on to it's now worth a dollars, right? So, it's, oh, so it's, it was worth,
1: it was super cheap, right? They paid right.
0: peanuts for it, and, and they yeah. were bagged from pillar to post, and it was just stu- anyway. On the same token, uh, eBay and then Microsoft paid a fortune for Skype, and both of them got yes. absolutely hosed. Rupert Murdoch yeah. paid I don't know how many billion dollars for MySpace, ended up yeah. selling it for five hundred million to was it, it with Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake, one of the Justins? Um, right. So you know, if you're a Skype shareholder. Or if you're an eBay shareholder, or if you're you know you, you made so you 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 buy Skype. Let's say Skype was pub, pub, publicly listed; it wasn't, but let's say it was. You sell to eBay. And go, oh, I was so right. See all the money I made. Now mm. you're right, since you got the cash. They can't take the cash off you, so I'm not. And for a second, trying to downplay the success of pay shareholders. The cash is real. You bought it X. You sold it X plus something, or maybe not, because don't forget the shares were higher in February. So there are people sitting mm. on this deal going. Man, I lost the I lost money in my Afterpay shares. I bought them 150, 160. I'm going to get taken out at 130. That hurts, right? So there's that. And I don't want to, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down or, or rain on the parade of people who are, you know, buying the bolly today because they made a fortune after pay. I'm just making the point that, yes, you got taken out for that price and good luck to you. Were you right or wrong? Well, if your if your thesis was Afterpay shares will end up being worth thirty nine billion dollars and be bought by Square, then yes, congratulations. If you bought them for a takeover in the middle of twenty twenty one, you've absolutely nailed it. If you bought it because you think this business is worth forty billion dollars, maybe it is. But if Afterpay gets sold back to Commonwealth Bank for three billion dollars in three years' time, uh, you know, and again, will it? I'm not saying it will, of course not. But you know, will you have been right or will you have been lucky? And I think that's you know we all want to take victory laps or commiserations as if the outcome we got was the only outcome that was possible. And I just want to make, you know, if Square's overpaid for this, if in the falls of time they go, you know what, we overpay, we've written down the value of after of $10 billion, then hey, Australian shareholders are made out like bandits. But it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you're right unless, as I said, your thesis was there'll be a takeover of 126 bucks a share in, in August 2021. That's all. Yeah. I've I've given the um, analogy
1: before with like, I use my kids, right? He'll do something stupid. And you go, don't do that. You'll hurt yourself. And they don't. (laughs) And they go, aha,
0: see? Oh man, my son is so good at that one. You you know what I mean?
1: it? I'm you can't, you, you've got to, when, when you're playing a probabilistic game, as we all are with investing, yeah. you can have things that you can have very, and this is, this is actually really good mental models for just life in yeah, general. There yeah. are things that, that are very unlikely, very unlikely things happen every day. Mm-hmm. Every, every day or every, let's say every week, someone wins the lottery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very, very unlikely kind of thing. And then you have things that are very likely mm-hmm. that don't happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just in the nature. So, if something has a one in ten chance of mm. of happening, mm. well, one in ten times, by definition, it will happen. Um, but when you have like when you've got these these things that happen, well, you know, we don't have ten parallel universes to compare how this particular deal may have gone mm. in other mm. scenarios. So you've only got that we've got certain odds; it lands a certain way. Uh, remember, remember in the the twenty sixteen U.S. election, Nate Silver, who's this awesome mm-hmm. yeah, um, forecaster, right. yeah. he forecast <laughs> yeah. Hillary to win, um, mm-hmm. and and he got he got so much grief. So twenty twelve,
0: he picked I want to say all but one of the yeah. of the states or the the electorates. Or I can't remember the actual numbers, but he he literally was ninety nine percent plus number, right? So he was a god for four years. Very good. And very, then he's just with that good. in context, so that's why he was yeah. being followed, noticed, all that good stuff. And then, sorry, to your point about Hillary, so he says 2016, four years later, I, I've done so well with this, all of a sudden Hillary gets elected. Well, I, actually, quick book plug. I'm looking at it now on my shelf. <laughs> uh, the, signal, the Signal
1: and the Noise oh, by book. Nate Silva is such a great book. Yep, yep, it's yep. just relevant to, to investing yep. in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, it's kind of the point that I'm trying to make here, but like, he never said... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where context matters. And on social media, context and nuance doesn't come into it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when someone says, I think they'll win, what he's really saying is, I think he gave her a 70% chance of winning, or whatever it happened mm, to be. Mm, mm. But again, by definition, that yeah. means there's a 30% chance yeah, he's wrong. That's right. And I think yep. I think again, we're trying to sort of uh, maybe trying to rationalise the the uh, mm-hmm. the afterpay situation. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you do have to you do have to consider that. So it's like if you were given this opportunity ten other times, how should you play it? Well, maybe mm. once it it was it turned out to be the wrong decision, mm. um, but if it's if it's more likely to be the right decision over time, that's you, mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. to play that hand. Yep. It's like poker players get this as well. So yes. you know you can have four four of a kind and think, oh, I've got this in the bank, and then <laughs> someone has. A higher four of a kind <laughs> doesn't mean that, <laughs> doesn't mean that next time you have four of a kind, you shouldn't like go that's all in, right, right. right? Yes,
0: yes. So, well, it's, anyway, a, it's I, the weather it version, right? When the, when the weatherman says there's a 30% chance of rain, what he's saying is it's likely not to rain yes, seven times yeah. out of ten, it actually won't rain, even though it's 30% chance. And people say, Oh, they said it was going to rain today. No, no, they didn't. They said it was a chance of rain, and that's yeah. the point, right? Or, you know, whatever. The, and it's, you know, the same kind of idea. It's one of those, um. I, I don't know. Yeah. As I said, it's probability anyway. I don't, again, I don't want to rain on the Afterpay parade at all. I just want to, no, you know, when no, people no, say so CI well was right, yep. maybe you were, but if but if the Skype shell said CI was right, or people say Google paid too much, said CI was wrong, or CI was right, mm. you know, the, 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 the fullness of time will tell us one way or the other how much Afterpay is genuinely worth. And maybe mm. it's worth $39 billion. Maybe it's worth $80 billion. Maybe this is a steal of the century for Square. I will say, mate, for what it's worth, I think this is a really. Of all the players who could have bought Afterpay, I think Square is probably, I don't know every single possible buyer, but Square is probably the one who can most justify that yes. price.
1: Well, so, they, for, them, for them, the value is different than what it is on a standalone basis. Tell us why. They, so
0: first tell us who Square is and then tell us why the value is different.
1: So Square's a giant US payments company. You see it on like, actually see it around in Australia. People have that little thing attached mm-hmm. to their iPad or whatever. You just yep. do the tap and pay. It's and, you know, a little so square
0: all, piece, a white, a white square that you tap your card on. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, it's just, it's just, um, it just another one. Payments companies. We, as a, by the way, we should do a, we should do a an episode on payments companies one of these days because they are really good companies. You don't judge our marketing, are you?
0: <laughs> Everyone's gone. Oh, cool! An episode on banks. Can't wait. Payment companies. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. We should. Oh, right. favorite like Visa, Mastercard, <laughs> yeah, PayPal. Yeah, yeah. Yep,
1: yep, yep. Now Afterpay. Yep. Uh, Square. Yep. They are when you when you get scale in that game. You know, you've just got you've just the got a license number. to print money. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. they're just. It's such a masterclass in in business. Yep. Um, so Square. So what 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 Square hope are hoping to do is that they're going to uh, mm. obvious. Well, the idea is that they'll be able to rapidly accelerate the rollout of Afterpay in the US mm-hmm. much faster than they could have done. So he's kind of, cross-sell isn't the right word, but it's sort of like that cross-sell uh, opportunity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, which yeah. Afterpay no, would have had sure. more, more, yeah. more trouble uh, in doing. So, so yeah. it is genuinely worth more in their hands than it is on a standalone basis. So yeah. that, that that justifies the price to some degree. Otherwise, they could have tried to set up something themselves. And look, that, Apple has done that. PayPal has done that. Others Others are doing that. But they basically thought, we've got a great brand here. We've got the technology all stitched up. Let's just plug it. We can develop it ourselves or we can just spend $39 billion getting it right now, and then just mm. juice it, just put some fuel on the fire. And, uh, well, well, we'll see how, how they go. Mm. Um, what, what do you think? Is there is there something I'm missing there? Is there an, is another element to what they can do to multiply the, the
0: value? So, look, I think, no, I think, I think there's – well, so there's a couple of risks with Afterpay and there's a couple of opportunities. And I think if you were a financial buyer of Afterpay – you Had to assume the only justify the price is if the volume grew faster than the margin contracted, and they're still not making any money by the way, so you still you to earn some level of profitability at some point to justify the price. They are charging between three and six percent to merchants. Now, Amex is coming under pressure to reduce its fee compared to Visa and MasterCard, and it's now what hundred something years old. Um, yeah, you know, if anyone had power to say stuff you, I'll put the I'll charge what I want, thanks very much, it's, it's Amex, right. Yep. So you've got to grow faster than your margin compressors and try and make some money. As you said, yep. if you're if you're Square and you can put Afterpay into all of the Square terminals, customer accounts, retailer accounts, the cash app they've got, you're sweet. If you yep. are Square and you can put Square terminals or, or create Square relationships with every Afterpay retailer and every Afterpay consumer, you've just bought yourself a truckload of customers, a truckload of relationships, and a truckload of volume. And so it starts to really, really matter at some point. Again, think about the buy now, pay later. Someone's carrying that cash for six weeks. Mm. If you're mm. Square and you put it all inside the Square payment ecosystem, if the customer and the merchant are both using Square, this money may not actually touch a bank account.
1: Mm.
0: It may literally just go from one of Square, well, one side of Square's balance sheet to the other and then back again. Um, and so you know, there, there's, there's huge opportunity for Square to get this right. Now, I will say too, the other thing is Square is using shares for this deal, not cash. And... Let's just say there's been at least one person who said that square shares were already stupidly overvalued themselves. So, to some degree, you know, we'll talk about share buybacks and, and share issuances at some other point. But if you've got really, really stupidly overvalued shares, um, you either want to sell more or use them for, use them for, for equity and totally. transaction, right? If, if, yeah. let, let's, let's say I have a $100 worth of, that's let's, let's got a $40 wheelbarrow share. Let's say it goes to $100 all of a sudden no one thinks these well, is worth 100 bucks but if the market's paying that much they should use those shares for whatever they can <laughs> whatever they can get them for effectively you're yeah. being given $2.50 for every dollar that it's worth so if you buy something for 100 bucks you're effectively buying it for 40 right and yep. so if square is genuine that it may not be by the way it may be also very cheap i'm, I'm not having a view but if you believe that it's its shares aren't exactly cheap, using those for a transaction actually also, frankly, lowers the cost. If they're, if they're worth double what, what they should be worth, a tick, argue, argument argue, arguably, mm. let me spit that out, man. If they're worth twice what they should be worth, arguably, and you pay $40 billion for you with square shares, you're getting mm. it for $20 billion. If the fair value is half... So, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of moving parts here. I I think it's a great deal. Like, and the other thing, let me actually say this, mate. Let me take a massive tangent, um, step to the side, I am just in awe of what the Afterpay guys have built. Whether whether they built a profitable business, whether it's worth forty billion dollars, those are open questions. The fact they have literally developed in a in the proverbial garage or or the the, the euphemistic garage, um, a business that can sit alongside Visa, Mastercard, Amex, Fpos. I said this before. Bankcard shut itself down in Australia because it went, yeah. we can't compete. The, yeah. the, Visa, Mastercard, Amex, too dominant. We just literally Diners Club gone. We can't compete. Yeah. Afterpay literally from the cloud says, fuck you guys, we'll take on this multi-billion dollar industry with a new payment method, some new technology, no consumers, no retailers, no nothing. We're literally going to yeah. invent this thing. And so, you know, we, we we sometimes have a bit of cultural cringe in Australia. Everything great is invented overseas. Drives me nuts, by the way. Um, mm. But, you know, we've got to celebrate this one, mate. This is a remarkable success story of two Aussie blokes and, and a whole lot of other people working for the company who have literally invented a new payment method for the world. Um, I I, I sound like I'm overdoing it, but I'm really, really not. This is literally a huge deal.
1: Oh, we love we love to sort of rain on, on others' parades, but I mean, even look, even if you say it's only worth one billion, and I'd say it's worth much more than that. So okay. we again, you can argue the toss as to what its true value yes, is, exactly. but it's worth exactly. oh, it's worth something. It's worth something, and what yes. that something is is worth a lot. And as I say, that that is that is that is literally started from from the, these two guys were neighbours, right? Um, having a chat over the back fence, exactly.
0: Yeah, about yeah. yeah.
1: And and there's a there's a book out actually. Johnny Shapiro, one of the journalists, and uh, I forget his co-author. Apologies. Um, wrote a book on it, which,
0: by the way, was released
1: <laughs> the day that the um, the the announcement was made. So it would have would have been a nice bookend to it. But um uh, the. They they charter the story that you're yep, talking yep, about. Yep, it's too big yep. to cover here, but it is it is phenomenal. Yes, yes, so yes. so hats off, you know it, that that thing doesn't happen very often. So no, it's, it's something pretty special. Yeah, correct.
0: Uh, I can that. I say Can I yeah. one, one,
1: one other thing? So here's another interesting. There's so many interesting things about yeah. this. So after pay shares are trading right now on the market. I can buy them for about $126
0: mm, mm, mm.
1: now. I also know that this offer <laughs> has been unanimously backed by both boards. There's probably not going to be any FIR, Foreign Investment Review Board yeah. blockages to this. Yeah. Um, so it looks as like 99% chance it's going to go through. But if you do yeah. the math, because it is an all-share offer- Yeah, that's right. Um, it's actually you you if you buy now at $126 mm-hmm. you're getting 100 and, I don't know what the exact thing is cuz the share price is all yeah, oh, around square yep. moves and yep. there's and there's also the exchange rate can around but last time I did the, the maths, it was about 135 bucks a share mm-hmm. So that's what that's what you call in the biz a bit of arbitrage mm. So so my question to you is this I know what you're going to say but I think it's an interesting <laughs> exercise Why don't you mortgage the house mm-hmm. sell the car yep. do whatever you can Go onto the market, buy $126 <laughs> or buy shares in after $126 with an almost guarantee mm. that it's going to be $135 worth that you're buying. So again, you're yeah, buying a yeah, dollar
0: yeah. a dollar, dollar coin for 80 cents. Right, right. So to speak. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Um because I love my wife and I like being married. No. <laughs> um, I like being married. Um look, yeah, as you as you as you're alluding to, this deal may not go through If it doesn't go through, the downside is 30, 40% from this point, potentially, depending on what happens between, with Square Shares from now and then. Um, and is it, so this is a problem with probabilities, right? And you mentioned probabilities earlier. There is a 95% chance it goes through when you make a few dollars. There's a 5% chance it doesn't go through when you lose 40%. And when you're talking about dollar values, it's funny, you know, if I, if I had a dollar, I would take that deal. If you, if you said to me, look, give me $100, there's 95% chance I'll give you back 105 There's a there's a 5% chance I'll give you back $60, i would probably take the deal. Because the probabilities, if you if you follow through the maths of that, you take the deal every day. But yep. if you said, give me every every worldly possession, roll the dice at the casino, and a 95% chance of a little bit of a win, or a, a small chance of a huge loss, the cost of going back to zero at such a large amount of money is enormous. Mm. And so, you know, it's one of those situations where the maths itself doesn't tell the story because it it's not you're not just giving up x dollars, you're giving up, you know, tens of years of compounding. You're giving up. You know, having to go back to square one, as Buffett said, you, you, at, all, at all costs, or we go back to square one, you and I have said many times, we've you know, jokingly um, lambasted our younger listeners and told them we hate them, uh, largely because we would, would love to get back those years because it's not the return that matters, that always matters, but having, having another 15 years to compound, that's worth so much more than almost anything you could do on the stock market. And so going mm. back to square one after mm. 10, 15, 20 years, if I was, if I was 18 I had a $1,000, I'd probably bet the whole lot on after pay takeover, sure. If I was 25, well, that's one year. That's, look, from rule 72, that's already one lot of doubling. So you've already given up the chance mm-hmm. to double your money. So you'd have to double your money just to get even. And then you start from there and keep going. So that's the reason I wouldn't do it. I assume you're the same? Yeah, that's the same. Okay. I, I probably, I probably, um, Overegged
1: it a little bit there by saying sell <laughs> sell the house and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I, maybe maybe I should rephrase as well, I'll answer the my question myself. So maybe someone go okay, well that's that's clearly silly, and mm-hmm. you've given reasons as to why. <laughs> but what, what if I just put you know uh, like a three percent position or a five percent position, whatever, a couple grand, whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. relative to your, your situation. There, there there is a there is an argument to be made there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say that uh, it's actually, you, again, you, it's always a dangerous step to assume the market is being stupid. Yeah, now, the market does I, get stupid a, from time to yes, time. Yes, and we, exactly. we talk yeah. about that. And we love that. We celebrate yeah. that because it yeah. is opportunity. And the market is far from a perfectly efficient beast. Yeah. At the same time... <laughs> you know especially something that is mm. so large and so closely covered by very very smart people i mean you've got people with phd degrees from the best business schools in the world running supercomputers with yeah, a team of 20 right. you know and that's just one outfit and there's yeah. probably a dozens of them sort of all looking that's at right. this yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's 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 me in my ugg boots at home <laughs> with a with a laptop thinking that yeah. i've i've got any kind of competitive edge so you again you've got a humility is is mm. important mm. with all of this but there's there's a couple really of is, things so is. The, the, let's, say, let's say that it is a 100% chance that the deal goes through. Mm-hmm. So we can remove that part of the equation. Yeah. Well, it's still, it's still going to take a while to settle. Like you're not going to get your square yeah. shares. Yeah. I, I think I've, I'm, you might be able to remind me here, but I think it's months away, right? Yeah. Months and months yeah. away. Yeah. Maybe even six months away. Now, in that time, by the time you get your Square shares, Square mm-hmm. on on the, uh, I think it's the New York Stock Exchange, not the Nasdaq, whatever it is. New York Stock Exchange, uh, it is.
0: New York Stock Exchange. Yes. Yep.
1: Yep. yep, yep. Um, so it, 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 its shares could drop thirty mm-hmm. percent for any for unrelated yeah, that's reasons right,
0: that's for other right, things. Right. So, so the dollar could that. fall or rise. Yeah, you know, there's so many moving parts here.
1: There, there there is all of that so even when yeah. you take the the idea it might not go through away mm-hmm. there's still there's still all of that so there's yeah, the, the market be. the market sensibly and rationally should trade at a discount <laughs> to the takeover price for that now if it was going to go through tomorrow mm-hmm and there was a 5% difference, I'd actually yeah. probably consider yeah, making totally. a very serious bet on it. Yeah. But but that time value is something that you need to be... And I, I, I just wanted to mention it in our little chat because I've had more That's than smart. a few friends reach out saying, oh, easy money, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> it's, it's not that easy. As, and, as you're saying, right, the market's not out. that
0: stupid. And and the more mathematical the question, the less likely the market is wrong.
1: Mm. Yep.
0: You because know, it's yep. one of those things where, if a computer, actually, if, you, like, if you've got to try and work out which company's going to grow faster in the next five years, there is a decent chance the market is going to be—I won't say one hundred percent wrong—but you know, the market is probably not going to get it right because it's all unknowable. But yes. if it's literally like, hey, you are competing against day traders and, and algorithmic computers and investment banks, everyone else who can make the same amount of money, should they choose to, when the smartest minds, the biggest computers, and the biggest balance sheets go, no, it's okay. The chance yeah. of you or I go, oh, you know what? I got this great... It's, so my, my wife is a teacher uh, as well as an education consultant and she always said the year nine boys, right? Every year nine class, it's something about you turning, turning whatever age that is in year nine and they all turn up with this great news of how to fool the teacher, right? And it's like... And, and, and it's, it's the problem with The, the, the teenage brain doesn't realise that someone's already had this idea last year when they were 16. And so what happens <laughs> the year you nine know, boys like, oh, I know what a, what a fool to teach. We'll do this thing. And they've just thought of it. So they think it's genius and they can't imagine it's never been done before. And of course, it's been done a million times before. And the teacher's like, "Oh, dude, I've yeah, I've, I know, I've seen that before. i you know, do this for X number of years. Every United class tries it on. They all think they're geniuses and they've thought about it for the first time. <laughs> Guess what? I've done the, you know, I've been around the block. And that kind of is my my you know my mental equivalent to the, or the analogy to the um uh, to the stock market story of like you know nine boy going oh." I can make some easy money have to pay. How hard could it be? And the yeah, two's like, yeah. oh dude. Every investment bank's like, oh mate, no, no, we've we've been we've been here before. We know what happens here. And Bless your little cotton sauce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> now to your point, it actually is possible that people make money on it. And this is this is the well, other sure. thing, right? You mentioned probabilities. It's been a theme right through this podcast. Is if it works out this time, it doesn't mean it's smart to do every time. That's the other problem, right? Is you do it once, like, oh, but it, but it works. I did it last time, it was great. It's like yeah, that's again. That's the weather, right? Probabilities. The weatherman's yeah. wrong. It didn't rain. Well, no, it's going to rain thirty yeah. percent of the time, not all the time. In this case, you know what? There's a decent chance the market knows as, at least as much, if not more, than the rest of us. Yeah, maybe you get away with it this time. Maybe it works. But the time when it doesn't, the shares fall forty percent. You go, ah, oh, ah. Oh, now I see. That's really not, uh, that's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know,
1: another, again, tangent, but another sort of <laughs> example of that, which I hate. I hate these, it happens every May and every December. People go, sell in May, <laughs> go, away. go away. You know, it's this, this wise aphorism <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. you know, yeah. people try to, or, or the Santa Claus rally, stocks always rally. and yeah. Or the other one is, is is October is crash month because, you know, right. a few crashes happen. In <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, exactly. and it's kind of like, it's one of those things whenever yeah. it happens, people go, see? And and then, but, but obviously, people have done analysis yeah, right. on that's this, right. and there's no stati- statistical validity to it at all, yeah. um, at all. But it just it's so it just <laughs> permeates the collective zeitgeist <laughs> of, of investors. I just it drives yeah. me insane. Anyone yeah. who out there is going to sell shares at the start of May just because there's a nice little pithy rhyme that goes with yeah. it, and that it's, it might it might happen like out of the last ten years, it sort of happens six times out of ten. Yeah. It's just yeah. silly. It's silly thinking. It's random, chance, but it's the same. So it's really, it still a random it chance. It's yeah. noise. Right? I can get, yeah, if I get a coin and flip it 10 times, right. I'm not going to very, you know, yeah. it's probably not going to be exactly five heads that's and right. exactly five tails. If,
0: if 25 has right? tossed a coin 10 times, some are going to go 10 heads, some are going to go 10 yep. tails. Most of it would be yep. somewhere between seven and three each way and a couple of people yep. get five out of five.
1: Sure. Now, if we flip it a, you know, a billion times, yes, well, yes. it's going to be very close yeah, it's <laughs> to <FB> 50 <laughs> But that's that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, exactly. So the point. That's right. That's right. You got to you got to you got to think this, and this is what's hard about investing. You can you can do dumb things and be rewarded, and you can do smart things and be punished. And you can't get hung up too much on that. It's the process yeah. that matters, and not individual outcomes. It's the outcome over time that you you really got to focus on?
0: I, if if here's here's my challenge to anybody listening to this podcast right now. If someone says to you. Oh, man, go away. You say to the person, unless you can finish the rhyme, I'm going to assume you don't know what you're talking about. Because I reckon 5% of people who say that actually know that. Do you know the rest of the rhyme, loan? I actually don't. Right, well, so that's I the thing, right? right? So it's come back on St. Ledger's Day, which is a bloody horse race in the UK. It's not even an Australian uh, or American thing. Uh, now that you say it, yes. And yes, so yes, that, yes, that, We've heard it right, but it's that idea of like, oh, but everyone says that, it's like, and I'm not talking about you particularly, but this is the point, right? You're saying, look, ignore it. I'm saying for those people who believe it, unless you can finish the rhyme, if you don't even know the rhyme, what is the chance you know the thesis and the thinking behind it rather than just, oh, everyone says sell it, might go. Why do they say that? Yeah. Oh, they just do. What is the rest of the rhyme? I don't know. And yet you're going to yeah. take that as advice and act on it? I swear to God. There you go. So <laughs> test your friends. Test your know. test your financial advisor, by the way. Test your broker. If you see someone on TV or on the newspaper or on the internet, Say, unless you can finish that rhyme, I'm going to wish you don't know what you're talking about. That's a bit incendiary, but I'm going to stick with it. I don't know how we ended up with that from Afterpay, but somehow we made I that know. transition. <laughs> yeah, um. And another thing.
1: <laughs> Get more Motley
0: Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, so let's, let's – so I will skip over quickly. I was going to talk about Santos and Oil Search, um, mostly because um, it's not every day a $21 billion deal almost gets completely ignored. And it's just so happy they now it's not the same day as Afterpay's takeover. Can I tell you that you know, Chris I'll Hill – I'll be honest, have, I missed it. I missed it on the <laughs> – I know. So Chris Hill is a Motley Fool um, guru, long-term Motley Fool employee, wonderful bloke, and, and hosts the Motley Fool podcast in the US. And uh, he's about the news fairy turning up. Did you, did you see the business pages on Monday and Tuesday? If there was any yeah. other story than Afterpay on those days, I didn't see it. There was, it must yeah. have been six articles in the AFR. There was five on the Australian. There was at least three on the SMH. It was like, yep. oh, Afterpay, let's everybody write about that thing. And they did. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, anyway, the, my, my broad point is the whole oil search Santos thing got looked over for $21 billion and almost nobody reported it. Um, I, I will just say, mate, there's a lot of things that, that drive scale for businesses. If you're trying to combine two businesses that both have separate gas fields miles away with very little in common, I'm, I'm a sceptic on this takeover, I've got to say. I don't really... It, maybe it's some diversification. Maybe you've got some geographic diversification in terms of oil fields. More is probably better than less in terms of just de-risking a business. Um, but I just... I, I, I don't really know where or why... It's, it's like brick pits merging. It's like you can't move the brick pits together. You can't all of a sudden... It's not, it's not twice as... You know, half the price to... to de- bricks out of the ground in Sydney as in Melbourne if you buy both of them Um, I don't know this one just feels like a bit of a weird everyone loves it of course and maybe they'll save save money on a CEO and they'll have one CFO and one board and there will be some savings but I don't know for $21 billion I, I don't really get the rationale of this one
1: yeah, look, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm sure if I was to read the slide deck, there'd be rationale for, you know, and maybe it even makes sense to some degree, but what, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the, the market goes through phases. It's sort of like you, you, you see the, we talked about this recently. I forget the company where it's sort of like, oh, it's going to be so much better for shareholders if we merge these two businesses and you're okay, cool. And then like five years later, it's all about <laughs> right. demerging. merging So yeah. it's like Endeavour and Woolworths because, yep. because of that way we can focus, uh, you know, our, our expertise. Where we, You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. always a reason. I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, the reason it sort of slipped under my um, radar and why I just really couldn't mm-hmm. care less about mm-hmm. it anyway is that these are just generally... Crap companies. I'm happy to say it. Um, Do they employ lots of people? Yes. Do they make lots of money? Yes. (laughs) Um, Has there been any growth in the, you know, as long as you, not really, you know. Sandos, but the future. (laughs) Sent us now is selling less on a per share basis than it was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the dividend is less than what it was. It's never Mm -hmm. consistently paid. It goes years without (laughs) paying one. The share count is we talk about share count, it's doubled Mm -hmm. over the last ten years. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are just these are just these are the kinds of companies that you do well if you buy it the if you if you're great at timing and no one is, but if you are, that's where you make money. But yeah. But then that, that that's such a silly argument too because yep. well that's true of any company yeah. like does it, if, if you can time it you'll make money on on no matter what it is so yeah. it's sort of Good point. so um, you know, and the, yeah two two really mediocre <laughs> <frustrating, huh>? companies <laughs> yeah. joining yeah. together yeah, yeah it's exactly. a big deal yeah, exactly. yeah it's in the AFR in nah, the past not interested before not interested now exactly exactly
0: uh, mate let's move on then to earnings season very quickly as we wrap up for for today we are now a week into earnings season. Um, and we've done plenty of earnings season talk before over past podcasts, but we're also mindful there's a whole lot of new listeners. So I want to do a bit of both, um, a, bit of, a bit of reason why and also a bit of just catch up. Uh, if I asked you for your top three tips for earnings season, off the cuff mm. and, and without warning, what would, yep. you, what would you suggest our listeners focus on? I would
1: actually say before – you, the last thing you want wanted this is tr- a general truism in life as well you know it's sort of like forewarned is forearmed mm-hmm. you know um, uh, luck favours the prepared mind uh, there's probably 20 other sayings out there um, w- w- what you want to do is have some w- as you head into earning season what are you looking for Hmm. Did 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 you have a did you have a yep. uh, earnings per share target to 12 decimal places? <laughs> Maybe you did. I don't know. Yep, yep. So you've got something to look at mm-hmm. or or were there general general features that you were hoping the company mm-hmm. would report? If you don't right. have any expectation, it's hard to sort of know. And then what what tends to happen for a lot of people is mm-hmm. whether it was a quote unquote good or quote unquote bad result yep. pretty much depends on what the share price does after yep. the results are announced. Yep. And it's framed in that way. That's so right. so my my biggest tip is Ask yourself, as someone who owns part of this business, do I forget, feel lucky? punk?
0: No, I'm sorry. Just forget. Forget.
1: Sh- no, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, different, different just forget forget,
0: <laughs> forget the. I fire five forget, shots like a ghost car? <laughs>
1: forget forget <laughs> the share price. Forget the market. You own yes. this business. Yes. You've bought it for a particular reason. Yep. You've got. You've got an You know. If you're being sensible, you've got a bit of an investment case, investment thesis, as they like to say, sort of worked yes. out. What? what do you want to say here? Yeah. You know? Um, uh, and then that way, that way when the results come out, you you can put that into context. Mm-hmm. So we, that's why, I, you know, it's a bit of a shameless plug, but that's what we do on, on Strongman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's great to have other people suggest what stocks they like buying, but mm-hmm. I want to know mm-hmm. why, what are you expecting? What mm-hmm. are your growth? So you, it, it, it then allows you to sort of say, are things on track? Mm-hmm. Uh, it holds yourself to account, right? Because you're the easiest person to fool um, uh, mm-hmm. yourself, right? So it's sort of, it's sort of like, if you've, you, you've bought a share with a very clear, articulated rationale for it, mm. and now this is your chance to sort of test that in, in, um, uh, with, with, with real-world results. So, so that's, that's the biggest one that I, I, would, I would sort of say is, is, is yeah. go into it having some kind of idea as to what to expect. That doesn't have to be hyper-specific, yep. as I said, yep. but you are certainly looking for different um, things. Uh, so you wanted
0: three. Jeez, um, that's just such the major one that's for fine me. If the one that's one's enough, mate. I, I think will, um, I think that's what you need okay. to do. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in if you have any other thoughts sorry, as I finish. You can throw add them in. Uh, I sure, have I uh, long campaigned, not really, but I've, I've said it a lot regularly that we should call earnings season expectation season, which kind of dovetails mm. in with your, oh, point, yes, actually, right. And it's yeah. that idea of hey, you know, profit up forty percent, and then the shares fall. It's like what the hell? Or you know, it's share profit down forty percent, shares rise. Like what is going on here? And mm. so to your point about the thesis, you're absolutely right. But a lot of people with that thesis go, I expect. Woolies shares to go up to profit to go up 20% and it does go, oh, I was right and then the shares fall like well, hang on what this investing thing is stupid what am I doing here what's going on right and yeah. all the or the reverse and it's that case of remember the market looks at profits not versus last year ironically we're all taught to think about profit growth and that's part of what we should be thinking about but they they've already made a decision as a group not not literally getting together but you know the, the price reflects a certain expectation around profits now if you're woolies and you've got a 20% profit growth but the market wanted 40 you bet the shares are going to fall mm. and because it is the expectations that are driving the share price movements. Equally mm. moving forward, we, have, we saw you mentioned GUD at the top, mate. Um, great results. Beat market, yeah. grew, shares fell 3%. And mm. again, I, I literally was asked on, on Nine News during the week, um, can you explain that for me? And the answer is mm. simply that in this case, it wasn't the expectations. Like the company beat expectations, but then they said, well, July and August have been tough and we yeah. can't really give you a forecast we don't really know what's going on. And the market say, like, "Oh, bloody hell! I'm out of here then." And so, you know, it, it's it's about the expectation and the outlook as much as it is. Don't be fooled to uh, I, I say, don't be fooled do it. It's it's very reasonable to say, "Hang on, I want a business that grows earnings every year, and if it's growing at a decent rate, I'm happy." That's absolutely right. But the prevailing share price, generally speaking, is a combination of what the market thought profits would be, and what they expect moving forward, rather than any sort of x growth or x decline in in profits. And it's even as I said, media asked me about that. I even get some financial journalists ask me about that sometimes. And it's just, it's a really, really important thing to really get, <coughs> excuse me, get in your head. Uh, it doesn't mean you should yeah. buy or sell as a result, by the way. Um, if if you think Woolies is worth 60 bucks and the shares are currently 40 and they fall to 35 in earnings, mm. just, you know, if you think they're worth more, don't, don't sell them just because the market, you know, you missed, misunderstood the market's expectation for that half. Because to Andrew's point, yes, <coughs> have a think about what you expect, but also remember it's a long-term game. So the half yeah. is the half. But then there's next half and the half after and the half after. And if you're holding, you mentioned um, Nick Scarley. You know, whether they disappointed or not, five seven years ago, the results subsequently been so dramatically great that if you just said, "I'm not worried about the half. I'm going to focus on 2021 or 2020 or 2019," then you've done really 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 well. That's yep. my big one. Yep
1: yeah I, I think that's true I, I would also say too, well, even if there's a, a, there's a miss in mm-hmm. terms of expectations and the rest of it it depends why so sometimes mm. sometimes there are things because the, the the company's pursuing a bad strategy and operationally they just haven't executed well mm. and and you know maybe the, the competitions really coming in and, and mm. cutting mm. their grass whatever Um that's very different. Oh, we missed because the Aussie dollar unexpectedly mm. jumped mm. up and we get a lot of revenue from the US. Now that sucks. It's not It's not good. It has impact, very real way impacted mm. your, your mm. profits and that. But it's of a different character. Mm. You know, there are, there. I think anyone, and I've got a, a lot of businesses who are, have operations overseas. So you sort of see this FX mm. impact. Mm. Um, but I tend to, I think in that instance, it's very fair to focus on the constant currency comparisons that a company mm. gives you because mm. they got no control over that. So if there's a disappointing, result but it's as a res- it is a, a of a result mm, of mm, something mm. that is beyond the company's control and not structural in nature and not likely to be long term such as such as any fx movements mm. i'm actually thinking i'm very sanguine about that kind of stuff yeah, so, so i think i think you need to do that the other point i would make too is that it, i love it when a company misses expectations mm. um that the company sort of get cops the blame for it it's like
0: yeah it's <laughs> yeah, good not wait wasn't what,
1: what? the company earned whatever the company yeah, was going to earn? That's right. that, that, that was whatever yeah, it was going to be. Yeah, the the yeah.
0: analysts got it wrong, yes. Um, but they're not the ones that's who got right. the grief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah. Analysts, analysts missed their forecast. It's the company missed expectations. The company yeah. said somehow didn't deliver on what I thought they should do. It's like <laughs> the, the, the self-focus, the bloody you know, it, it that's <laughs> I'm going to go on a massive rant. Let's just quiet down and say that is everything that's wrong with the finance industry, mate. Is when you look at a company yeah. and say, You missed my expectation. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Explain yourself. Like, Explain yourself. I'm <laughs> a $40 billion revenue business. on am Woolworths. And I missed your expectations, Mr. Junior Analyst. How about, yeah. we, how about we remember um, exactly yeah, yeah. what's going on here? It, it's stupid. Now, to be fair, I- there was one, one little tangent on that one, one little uh, wrinkle, which is sometimes the companies themselves actually do provide those guidance numbers. And sure. so if, they, if Woolies said, oh, I'm going to earn a dollar a share and they can at 95 cents. Now, the analyst still is responsible to make their own judgment, not just taking Woolies' say-so and, and, and picking a number. Uh, but there are times when the company misses its own guidance. I've said before, mate, I don't know if you have a view on this one. If it was up to me, I'd write to every, every CEO of every company I own and said, please never, ever, ever give guidance ever again. I yeah. think it's a cancer inside companies. I have companies. sympathy for that, yeah. It's, yeah. I've, I've worked for businesses before, many, you know, I want to say three or four listed businesses in my career. And the pressure to, in the last week, two weeks, five weeks, six weeks, mm. to literally turn the business inside out, trying to get a quarterly number or a half year number, and therefore... Effectively destroying the first couple of weeks of the next quarter, so you're on the stupid treadmill because you made a yeah. promise to someone about what the earnings would be, and something out of your control didn't happen. And rather than going, "Oh, well, that's okay, we missed it," let's well, just yeah, yeah, share price might fall. Who cares? Let's just mm. focus mm. on long-term value creation. Every they literally move hell Helen, on, on Earth, um, to 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 try and. You know, somehow desperately get this number they promised, and then it just it completely screws up the next one, and so it's just, it
1: just well, it, it leads madness, it, mate, it, madness. It, it it leads to all kinds of perverse incentives. It really does. So yes, so companies you. will do things like they'll they'll defer. Mm-hmm. uh They might have got a contract that's pretty much in the bag, but they say, well, that's just not book this until next quarter, because that'll help, you know, or, oh, actually we've got this, you know, it's probably not going to close until, you know, another three days after the quarter. Let's pull that forward. So like they're trying, it it leads to behavior Mm -hmm. where it's more about trying to um, conform to some expectation. than as you say, just focusing on actually running the business. And it's it's really, really, really bad. The other other thing I was going to say too with this is that when a company does um, have a disappointing result, and let's say it's legitimately disappointing for for, for very good reasons. You will never, ever, ever, ever see management come out and say, We stuffed up. Actually, we're really (laughs) concerned about the future. (laughs) That's right. So you you have to be on yep, guard yep. for you don't want to be a, you don't want to be a cynic, but but there is yeah. it is a it is very worthwhile having a healthy dose of skepticism when you read things because it is their I mean they're not being dodgy it's just yep. it is their job to put yeah, yeah. the the, the a, a positive spin on things and they want to they're they're representing the company and they want to tell you the mm. best story that mm. they possibly can, mm. but I've I've seen companies go all the way pretty much to zero and the whole way down management's sort of saying oh it's all it's okay it's okay it's mm. okay and of course they're going to. Mm. So, you and when you've got shares in a business and you're so you've got you've got all kinds of behavioral uh, biases uh, impacting you, the endowment effect probably being the, the endowment effect and confirmation mm. bias probably mm. being the mm. two big ones in this in this situation, mm. you will convince yourself that you, you will want to believe what they're saying, but uh, uh, just mm. look at it mm. skeptically mm. and and remember too that that it's okay to say, I don't know. Yes. And it's okay. And and you can always sell and you can always buy back once, you know, but you, you don't, you don't have to rationalize your way all the way down to zero. And just remember too, that it's okay. Like Warren Buffett makes mistakes all the time. Mm -hmm. You will too. Mm -hmm. I mean, not me, but other people. No, but other people, yeah, of course, people. not yeah, not, yeah. not us. No, no, um, no. <laughs> uh, but but you, we will do all kinds of things to preserve yeah, our, yep. our ego, yes, uh, and we'll buy more shares, and we'll do all these other kinds of things. Yep. So just yep. that's another thing with earnings season as well. Try and be objective. Try and try and avoid that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If if something's not working out, yeah, I get it. It sucks, mm-hmm. but just move on. Right? There's other opportunities. Yep. Maybe you can you can evaluate. You, you'll, you'll make much more sensible. You'll think much clearer, and you'll make much more sensible decisions when you don't hold the shares. Mm. So, whether, you know, some, sometimes it's okay just to go. Oh, geez, I'm not sure here. Just sell. Take a deep breath, mm. reevaluate, and then you can always buy. I know there's tax considerations. I know there's brokerage, but in some cases, I think that's not not an unreasonable thing to do. Yep, I think that's I think that's very fair.
0: That's very fair, mate. That'll do us. Uh, we've had an absolute tour to force through everything so far, from from the economy to. Uh, after pay, a little bit of a detour in your oil, and then finish off with earnings season. It is going to be a busy three weeks ahead. We'll we'll probably hit some of the highlights as those companies come out over the next three weeks mm. or so. Um, we'll try not to just be a reporting service. We'll try and actually give some insights and dig under the detail a little bit to, for some more some more information. So we'll see we'll see how that how that pans out. In the meantime, yep. will you come back on Sunday for me, mate? Wouldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss it. Would not miss it. There you go. We're done. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the Motley for Money podcast on your favourite podcast platform. Please do give us a rating, particularly on iTunes. We say it most weeks. Um, five stars really does make a difference and the reviews make a difference to who sees the podcast, who listens. The podcast charts are a very strange thing. Um, back in the old days, the top 40 was simply the top 40 selling songs. Podcast charts are very, very strange. Um, so if you, could, if you would do us a favour, uh, people will find the podcast. If you're enjoying it, if you like it, please do give us a rating if you have the opportunity. Uh, if you don't, that's okay too. If you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, but uh, I said, if you're liking it, hopefully other people will too. And one of the best ways we can get to them is when they're looking for a podcast so they can see your reviews and uh, your ratings. That'd be great. In the meantime, we'll be back on Sunday. But until then, full on. See you later.